This episode of Brown Girl Guild is sponsored by BizPod Vancouver. BizPod is an accountability group founded by a group of passionate entrepreneurs who saw how isolating entrepreneurship can be and sought to curb it. With carefully curated groups or pods, BizPod aims to fill the gaps in our current community and support entrepreneurs in their journeys. I actually became a member of BizPod six months ago, and I can't even begin to tell you how much exponential value it has added to my life. I wasn't even able to consider myself a businesswoman until all my pod members made me realize I am. Now, with the help of BizPod, I always say, I'm Kelly Kapoor, the business bitch. BizPod is actively looking for more pod members, so if you're looking for some TLC during your business journey, you should definitely hit us up. Check us out on Instagram at BizPodVancouver or online at BizPod.ca. Hi friends, it's your girl Harpo. Welcome to this episode of Brown Girl Guild titled How to Get a Boy's Attention. This season of Brown Girl Guild, we're exploring teenage fever. We're going all the way back to what it's like to be a teenager and what it was like to experience all the emotions, the highs and the lows of puberty. And we're doing that because this not knowingness that we experience when we're a teenager is not just confined to that time period in our lives. The truth is we experience a not knowingness at so many different times in our lives, whether we're 14, 25, 45, or even 65. We can experience this sense of not knowingness and exploring our bodies, exploring our emotions at so many different stages of our lives. And that's exactly what we're talking about in this season. So this episode is titled How to Get a Boy's Attention. And I want to talk to you all about my crushes. Now, I had a lot of crushes in high school. I feel like I had a crush on a boy as many times as the season changed in a year. That's how many times I had a crush on a boy. I had a crush all the time. I even gave them nicknames and I would tell my friends, all my friends about the nickname of the boy that I was crushing on at the time. And it made it easier to actually talk about him, you know, whether he was around, where his, whether his friends were around. Um, and just something about like saying his nickname and not saying his actual name is what made it even more exciting and fun. So the most iconic nicknames that I had for my crushes, one of them, he was called Kappa because... <laughs> He used to wear a Kappa tracksuit. I'm like getting so giddy as I'm talking about this episode. Oh my God, as I'm talking about my crushes. Anyway, one of them was Kappa because he used to wear a Kappa tracksuit. And at the time I was like 14 and I was like, oh my God, this guy looks so hot in his Kappa tracksuit. Anyway, so one of them was Kappa. And the other one, don't ask me why. I have literally no idea, but his nickname was Care Bear. Like, I can't tell you why. I couldn't explain to you where that came from. Maybe it was because I just wanted to hug him. Like, straight up. Like, when I had a crush on a boy, I just imagined myself hugging him all the time. And so he was very, I think he just, okay, I was going to say he was very huggable, but I wouldn't have known that because I never actually hugged him. Actually, I never even talked to him. I feel like I never even, yeah, like that didn't happen. So anyway, Kappa and Care Bear were the most iconic nicknames that I had for my crushes. And you know what? I, like I said, I had crush all the time. And most of the time, I had a crush on the athletes, okay? Like I always had a crush on a basketball boy, on a soccer boy. I just couldn't help myself. Like that's my type. I feel like Channing Tatum and like she's the man, like that was my type, like straight up, like till day, till day, that is my type of man. And even then I was into athletes and 
I would always do all these things to like notice, like get them to notice me. So I would like hang around the gym. I would make every excuse in the book after school to like go hang around the gym because most of the basketball boys used to like shoot hoops, right? So they used to shoot, shoot hoops after school. So I would make all the excuses in the world to like be like, oh, I just have to go talk to like the PE teacher for something. Or I'd be like, oh, I left something in like the locker room or something, knowing full well I did not do any of those things. And I just felt like I wanted their attention. Like if I was in the gym, I wasn't going to make eye contact with them. I wasn't going to talk to them. I wasn't even going to acknowledge them. I was going to act like they weren't even there. But I knew that the boy that I had a crush on would be in the gym. And so I would just find myself there all the time. And I would always do that. I would always want their attention. I would always look cute on the days that I know I like had a block with my crush, finding every little excuse to like, you know, be noticed, wearing like flamboyant outfits or whatever. I would always do these things to get noticed and get their attention. One of the most embarrassing stories about wanting to get attention is my cartilage piercing story. So when I was in grade 10, I wanted to get my cartilage pierced. Okay. Cartilage is like like that little like skin part on top of your ear. And so I don't know if this is like an actual thing, but usually there's like social rules or norms around like what side that your piercing goes on, right? For example, your nose ring, usually on the left nostril, and then your cartilage also usually on the left side, or that's what the rule was when I was in grade 10. Now, I went to go get my cartilage pierced, and I was about to get it on the left side, but I was like, yo, you know what? No, one second. The boy that I like used to sit behind me in my socials class, and I had a desk, so we were in rows of twos, okay? So he was sitting behind me, and I was at a desk that was to the left, okay? So I had a desk to the right of me. So anytime I would turn my head to the right side, he would see me. Okay. So he could see the side of my face. So he would see the right side of my face. Guess which side of my ear I got the cartilage piercing on the right side because buddy used to sit behind me and would see it. He wouldn't see the left side of my ear. He would see the right side of my ear and be like, oh, Harpo got a new cartilage piercing. Wow. She's so cool. I'm going to marry her. So that was my logic. Like that's how far I went just to get the attention of a man that I liked. Okay. So yes, I loved the attention. And I was always thinking, like, are they noticing me? Like, do they like me back? Like, what if I did this? Am I getting noticed? Am I? What if I do that? Am I getting noticed? Everything that I did was centered around getting the attention of my crushes. You guys remember BBM? Back in the day, we had Blackberries, we had BBM. I would change my BBM status on my picture constantly just because I, like, wanted them to notice it, wanted them to see it. I just wanted to be fresh in their minds all the time, all the time. And so when I say that I was boy obsessed and I was really, really obsessed with getting the attention of men, like men, boys, this is so true. I feel like everything I did revolved around my crushes, like where I sat in my class, you know, what, what classes I took or, you know, what I was wearing, like I mentioned. And I feel like that's so common. I feel like when we're in high school, it feels like our whole world revolves around our crushes. I don't know about you guys, but like my entire, like in my entire high school journey was always about the boys. Like I feel like I never thought about anything else. That's not to say that I wasn't focusing on school or extracurriculars or anything else. And that, you know, I didn't really care about my friends. I did. Absolutely. But they always came second to how much I um, prioritized the crushes in my life at the time. 
And I feel like at that age, we don't really have life experience to know, like, bro, like, relax. There's going to be so many more boys to have crushes on, to fall in love with even. And this is not the end of the world. But often when, you know, I had like um, internal conflict when the when the boy that I had a crush on wasn't noticing me or like, oh my God, one time, like, I've got another crush on, like, went to the school dance with another girl and I didn't know until I got there. Best believe my night was dramatized. I was so upset that entire time that I was at this dance and this guy was slow dancing with another girl to Alicia Keys, no one. Even till this day when I hear the song No One by Alicia Keys, I could sob. Like I like I go back to that old self and I'm like, I'm going to start crying, bro. And so at that time, I feel like the entire world, uh, like my entire world, at least I shouldn't generalize for everybody, but I just felt like it was such a big deal, right? And at that time, I didn't have an understanding that like, okay, like relax, like it's not that big of a deal. No, don't be so dramatic. There's gonna be tons of boys that come, you know, into your life. And mind you, like when I say I was boy crazy, I mean, we all know this, right? I didn't even have my first kiss till I was 19. And so it's not like I was boy crazy in the way where I was like, <clears throat> you know, constantly like talking to them or hooking up with them or in relationships with them. No, I was just the creepy girl that would admire them from far, hoping they would notice me and not get noticed, right? And so I feel like when it when I wasn't getting noticed or when I wasn't getting the attention, like so specifically, like the attention, I felt like my world was shattering and I felt like everything that I was doing wasn't working. And so it was really leading me into this um, oblivion almost. I feel like I'm still an attention seeker with my crushes till this day. Like, I was attention seeking with the crushes that I had when I was in high school at 14, 15, and I have still been a little miss attention seeker now at 24, 25 as well. And I mean, yes, like the extent of the attention seeking was a lot deeper and like it was all the time when I was in high school. It's not as bad right now, but actually that's a lie. I wouldn't say it's not as bad. I would just say that it's a little bit different. So I feel like I still do things all the time or, you know, now I, I do these things and I have an awareness of them. It's so funny. Like when I'm recording these episodes, I feel like I'm like going through my own, I'm going through my own process in real time. So yeah, I'm still attention seeking when it comes to the guys in my life that I have a crush on, right? Like I'm notorious for posting on my Instagram story just so they'll see it, right? And just to, just to like scroll through my story views to see like, okay, like has he seen it? Like, has he seen my story? Like how long ago did he see it? Like da, 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 da. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't do this anymore, but there was a time in my life, like very recently that I would add the guy that I had a crush on to my close friends on Instagram. I'm like, but he's not even my friend, like let alone my close friend. But it's like, I would put him on my close friend's story just so I could post more and, and like get and like get like create the opportunity for him to like DM me, right? Create the opportunity for him to respond to me. Um, and I feel like I do this now too, like with my Snapchat. I have such a love-hate relationship with my Snapchat because it's like I send these crazy, funny, hilarious vlogs to my friends, like to my close homies, to people that are in my life. And I'll start sending them to this guy that I have a crush on out of nowhere. And, um, you know, it's because I like, I feel like I'm just trying to let him into my world. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also just trying to convince him that I'm cool and fun and and to give me attention. I feel like I've had like such an internal battle with um, attention seeking, uh, especially in the recent little while, like in the last few months in the last, you know, actually not even last few months, I would say the last year or so. Um, and I've talked about it openly with my therapist too, to be like, you know, like there's this like really deep, like sense of attention seeking inside of me. And I can't really place the the root of it, right? Like I cannot place where it starts from. Um, and I feel really like, 
I judge myself really hard and I'm, I'm really, really hard on myself, um, for this attention seeking quality. Like even when I'm saying attention seeking, um, you know, I have been told so many times, um, throughout my teenage years that, you know, Harper, you're such an attention seeker. And it was really used as a thing to put me down. And so I've really internalized it. I've really felt like, you know, I like straight up, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like the day that I'm recording this episode this morning, I texted my therapist to set up a session with her to be like, can we please go through my attention seeking problems? Like, I don't get it. Like, where is this coming from? And I do, I judge myself really hard for it. And I, I feel like when I look back and I speak about who I was at 14, 15, and I think about this like boy crazy, like, you know, attention seeking little girl that I was in high school, I kind of judge myself then too. Like, it's so embarrassing for me to admit that I was boy crazy and that I wanted their attention. And I feel like it's also embarrassing and shameful even now for me to admit it. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why it is because, and it ties beautifully into the experience of brown girl guilt, lowercase, right? I think like if the definition of brown girl guilt is, you know, going against what you're supposed to do, right? Supposed to in air quotes, then this idea of being boy crazy attention seeking induces deep brown girl guilt in me because I'm not supposed to do that, right? So I get really giddy and, and just excited and I get really like teenage fevery about the crushes that I have on boys and why not, right? Like when you're texting them often, you're smiling, you're like getting to know them, that like cute little talking phase, you do feel giddy, right? Like you, the, your entire world revolves around them. And then I judge myself for that because I'm as this like strong, independent, you know, really confident, deeply rooted and grounded spiritual woman that I am, I'm not supposed to let a boy make me crazy. I'm not supposed to want the attention of a boy. And yet here I am like liking it, indulging in it, really like centering some of my, you know, time around it. And I'm not supposed to do that. And so I start to judge myself. Right. And I mean, it's, I think like, it's so wrong for me to judge myself now in this stage, but it's also really, really wrong for me to judge that 14, 15 year old version of me that was doing that because bro, that's what high schoolers do, right? Like that's literally like your body is flooded with hormones. Like you're watching all these pop culture representations. Like I was watching Secret Life of American Teenager when I was in high school and Amy was like, she liked a boy, like she liked a different boy all the time. So it's like, that's what high schoolers do, right? It's a part of coming of age. And so like, why am I judging myself? And also judging myself myself at a time where I feel like I didn't know how to navigate crushes. And I it's not like I could come home and talk about who I had a crush on, right? Like I couldn't come home and tell my mom I had a crush on a boy and how I was supposed to navigate that. Because at that time, I didn't know if that was okay. I just thought it was a bad thing. And so this not knowingness of what to do or how to deal with a crush or whatever has already like carried over into who I am as a 25 year old. And I think the other part that I experience a lot of um, guilt around is for the most part, I feel like these crushes sort of burn out over time. And it's because, you know, I, I have a really large capacity to receive love and it's in direct uh, relationship with my capacity to give love. So my capacity to give love is massive and therefore my capacity to receive love is really massive. And for the most part, a lot of the relationships or interactions that I've been in um like I'm sorry if you're listening to this and we had a thing but like most of it's crumbs like I'm not even a lie like most of it's crumbs and for the most part it's hard for me to acknowledge that the crumbs are not enough right like you'd have to go back and listen to cool girl syndrome to understand why that's a problem because 
I do participate in cool girl syndrome and say that the crumbs that I'm receiving are enough when deep down I want the whole freaking meal, right? And so I feel guilty when I'm accepting crumbs when even though I want the whole pronta, right? I'll take like a borki of it, but I'm like, I want the whole pronta, really. And the guilt comes from this sense of selling myself out. It's like, nah, baby, we didn't work this hard just to work this hard, right? Like we have a long way to go and here you are accepting crumbs and it's just not enough. And the other time that I also experienced, I guess not the other time, like but the other way that I experienced brown girl guilt in how much attention I'm seeking from, from boys is this, um, again, it goes back to like how this like strong, independent, like boss babe woman I am. And yet here I am seeking validation from everyone but myself, right? Like I'm seeking all this validation and I'm asking other people to convince me that I'm enough when I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to just have that figured out on my own. I'm supposed to be someone that feels this way on the inside already and not necessarily need the validation of somebody else. And it's interesting, like, I'll share a story with y'all, like a really personal story without naming any names. For many years, I had wanted to hear these specific words from the mouth of this specific person, right? I loved this person deeply. Uh, We were never together. And, um, you know, I always wanted for this person to tell me that they loved me, tell me that I was enough, tell me that I was deserving, um, and tell me that it was actually... Um, it was it was the them problem, right? And that, you know, like it had nothing to do with me. And for years, I held space in my heart for this, for these words to be said to me. And just like, like literally days ago, I, I heard these words, right? This person said to me that they loved me and that it was actually them that was not enough and that they were the ones who didn't have the courage or they were the ones that didn't feel deserving enough of me and my love. And so I feel like as soon as I heard these words, something inside of me like literally changed and shifted. Um, and it's not that I finally got what I wanted to hear. What really changed and shifted was the realization that like this person saying these things to me, like this person finally giving me the attention, finally telling me the words that I needed to hear actually didn't change anything for me. Like it didn't actually matter that this person was finally saying these things because many years ago, like I feel like I reconciled with it and was like, yeah, actually like I'm the shit. Right. So like having somebody else tell me I'm the shit didn't actually change anything for me. And so what that made me realize is that like the only people that we really like need to hear certain things from or like seek real validation from ding 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 is ourselves like truly it's really ourselves and if I really think about like okay this attention seeking tendency that I have right if I really think about where it comes from because it 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 I mean it isn't rooted in these external things like because I wasn't I was seeking attention as a teenager and then I've seeked attention as an adult now and I'm really hoping that I stop seeking attention as I grow into a bigger adult um it's not rooted in these external things right it's not rooted in this person or that person or this situation or that situation it's rooted in the <laughs> infamous childhood, right? And so for like a lot of us listening to this episode and resonating with this episode, I'm sure just like I was raised without, you know, active participation from parents who were immigrants and working really hard, um, a lot of us didn't get the attention that we truly wanted and deserved as children um, from our parents because they were absent, they were working, right? It's not that they didn't want to give us attention, it's just that their attention was split and they had a lot of other things to be attentive to. Um, you know, I was I was a kid who used to like dance a lot and sing a lot and, um, you know, always like my dad would make these like home videos of me and I was a really joyous, happy kid. And often, 
And like, because I was left alone, I was doing all these things, being really cute, pretending to be Madhuri Dixit, like all on my own. Like nobody was noticing these things. And I wanted so badly someone to be like around the corner and be like, hey, Harpo, like that dance move that you just did was freaking cool. Like you're so cute. And so as an adult, like I feel like I still do that. It's just in the form of Snapchat now where I feel like I'm making all these videos of myself dancing and singing all the time. And I just want one person to Snapchat me back and be like, yo, you're so cute. But I feel like the root cause of this attention seeking is in my childhood, right? It has nothing to do with all these these external things. And so it's no surprise that the attention seeking was heightened during my first puberty. And then this attention seeking is heightened during what feels like my second puberty. The root cause is in my childhood, right? And so if the root cause is in my childhood, what that teaches me, what that tells me is that I have to heal it from within, right? No amount of attention that another person gives to me is going to really heal me and help me move past this. It has to come from within. And so I want to end off by reading the caption of an Instagram post that I made the other day. It's on my feed on It's Harpo on Instagram. I It's a cute selfie. I'm wearing red lipstick. And I want to read the caption out to you because I think it fully encaptures um, what this thing I'm dealing with in terms of, you know, my attention seeking um, and, and how I'm feeling like I can really... Um, counter my uh, attention-seeking tendencies. And of course, as always, it's rooted in love. It's rooted in understanding. It has to be a counter to the guilt and the judgment and the shame um, that, you know, I experience. So I'm going to read out the caption and hopefully it resonates with some of you and, you know, we can um, sort of try and work on our, uh, this validation that we're constantly seeking from other people. So it reads, I chatted with my inner child the other day, and here's what happened. Often, when I have a conversation with the five-year-old Harpo within, I'm telling her all the things she needed to hear. I'm telling her all the things she needs to feel seen, heard, loved, and cared for. Recently, five-year-old Harpo tapped on my shoulder. Yeah, this 25-year-old version of me. Instead of me talking to her and me consoling her, she talked to me. She held space for me. She said words I kept looking elsewhere for. She said I was enough, that she really looked up to me, and was incredibly proud of the woman that I am. She thanked me for protecting her, for honoring her, and for never forgetting her. She said even if no one else sees my grind and hustle, she does, and that's all that matters. She said I was enough. And that's exactly it right? We don't need to hear these words from anyone but ourselves. No amount of someone else telling us how good we are, how beautiful we are, how enough we are is ever going to be enough. It has to come from within. And I'm so grateful five-year-old Harpo was courageous enough and bold enough to say these words to me. I'm proud of myself for empowering her to finally use her voice. And so I want to leave all of us with the question that I left that Instagram caption with as well, because I think that this question is what really helps me move through anything that I'm dealing with. And the question is, how might we show up differently in the world if we were to give ourselves the permission to heal? I know how I would move differently. I would stop seeking the attention of mediocre guys who don't even know the difference between their there and theirs. 